Welcome to our Money Donuts podcast video. Can we just eat the donuts? Because I already took a bite. Royal Credit Union's Money Donut podcast is here to make you smile and to get you thinking about your finances in new ways. From saving to spending to can we just eat half of it? Just finish your life. I, I want the donut. Well, there's plenty of silliness. Episodes are also filled with nutritious financial tips. Listen to the Money Donuts podcast from Royal Credit Union today at rcu.org slash podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. The final part of our best of season three has producer Fred highlighting clips from live shows, Nate Prosser's best chirps and Alex Micheletti ranking the Michelettis. Why not? Plus so much more. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Royal Credit Union, Greenbelt, and Peak Vestibular Center. This is Season 3, Episode 140. Calling all buttes! The Beauty League has begun its weekly games at Braemar Ice Arena in Edina, and Soda Stick wants to make sure you're geared up. As the exclusive to Beauty League merchandiser, Soda Stick will have you covered with hats, tees, and much more each week at DBL and online at SodaStick.com. Don't forget code BARDONBEAUTIES for 15% off all your purchases. What's up, everybody? This is producer Fred Jesse Pierce. Let me take over the pod for episode 140. This is going to be my favorite moments from this past season, season three. Some of the stuff to look forward to after the break is going to be, you know, Micheletti talking about the Micheletti clan. You got Tyson Jost talking about the rivalry between Colorado and Minnesota. Is a real uh, Ryan Carter talking about the very first fight he ever got into and how he unfortunately was put on injured reserve after that <laughs> mike rupp talking about miko koivu as a captain inside the locker room and the nate prosser king of the chirps talking about what it takes to put out there a good chirp and what the, even the purpose of chirping uh, a couple shout outs before we get to that i wanted to give a shout out to the beauty league who just wrapped up awesome time out in edina again ton of local talent that you could see people coming back from across the country nice up and close action so make sure next season next summer you guys get out to Edina and see a little Da Beauty League. Also want to give out to a little shout out to Fab Five member Glenn. If you guys don't know who Fab Five are, look them up on Twitter. They're the biggest supporters of everything and anything local Twin City hockey. Uh, they're huge supporters of the pod. Uh, but member Glenn, he summited Humboldt Peak in Colorado at 14,000 feet, and he was wearing the Bar Down Beauties jersey. If you guys want one of those, go to sodastick.com and get your uh, Bar Down Beauty jerseys. Last summer, we saw somebody wore the jersey while water skiing. That blew my mind. And then this summer, we've got Fab Five member Glenn summoning mountains with it. So you guys take the jersey. Go across the world with it. I want to see the photos. I love it. So right after this break, we're going to dive right into all of the things that were Fred's favorite moments. Okay, I want you to think of the first time you took a big hit on the ice. Maybe it was a men's adult league. Maybe you were slammed into the boards in a big game, or maybe you pulled a Jesse and just tripped over the blue line. Either way, it's happened. Boys hockey, girls hockey, it doesn't matter. We've all been there with our first big hits. And unfortunately, those hits can add up over time. Hockey players can end up with dizziness, headaches, and pain, and a large portion have even experienced concussion-like symptoms as a result. Thankfully, there's an answer. 
Dr. Tyler Stewart with Peak Vestibular Center specializes in the drug-free treatment of nagging concussion symptoms. Dr. Stewart formulated the 3A Brain Restoration Program, a comprehensive program to get to the root cause of your symptoms. He utilizes the latest technology and techniques to get you back on the path to your best life and back on the ice. If you're dealing with dizziness, headaches, or pain after taking one too many hits, contact Dr. Stewart for a complimentary consultation today. Go to dizzinesscare.com or call 715-690-2211 to schedule your complimentary consultation. To kick off Fred's favorite moments from season three, I really wanted to lead off with the best story that we heard. I mean, it comes from probably the best storyteller in Minnesota hockey at the moment, Ryan Carter. Um, he has the best stories. He's a Stanley cup winner. Um, but his story that he told us at the hockey expo about fighting absolutely has to lead the way it, it cracked me up and I'm not in it. You could see my elbow every once in a while. Cause I was running the board and running all the technical stuff, but he absolutely just nails us with this great story about his first fight in hockey. Do you have a fight that stands out in your career? One where like you think you got the, the best of them or maybe like you got the last laugh or somebody you thought you might not be able to get the best of and you did? Obviously not Marcus, but somebody else. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some. I mean, yeah, you win some, you lose some when right. it comes yeah. to fighting. Um, but you know, there's there's a couple. Uh, but what I will say is that like fighting actually sucked. If I walked you through <laughs> my fight journey, it, it I mean, walk us through it. Yeah, it, it sucks. You know. <laughs> you're telling me you don't have fun. I mean, what's the worst there? part? Yeah, getting hit or getting like it's your knuckles. This I is mean, the human that? side of it, and I do say this too: that we're kind of idiots because every other professional like fighting, <laughs> like boxers wear gloves. Yeah, like they're professional fighters. Actually, like they fight yeah. and they wear gloves. Mm -hmm. You look at. The MMA guys, they at least have some gloves on. Like everybody yep. wears gloves. And then you get these hockey idiots that say, Hey, we actually have gloves on, but let's yeah. take them off. <laughs> and then and you know in what? Cold environment. Yeah. Let's, and crazy. then you know what? Let's wear helmets. So let's punch each other's helmet. <laughs> so <laughs> like your hands hurt. That was the worst part. Your hands hurt. I go, Great, sweet. I got to punch him in the or in his helmet. Uh, no, but so that part sucks too. You got to put should, on the foil. People should understand that. That well, really sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like now the, the human side of it is I was actually fairly tough in junior hockey. You go to college, you put the cage back on, you don't fight mm -hmm. at all, then into the American League. And uh, I won a couple of fights again, get to the NHL. And, and now I'm a, an American kid, Minnesota, and we don't we don't really fight like it's, you know, yeah. the Canadian yeah. kids play junior at 16 and they know what they're yeah. doing at like, 17 or 18 and yeah. they've got a couple of fights under their belt. And. <laughs> I really didn't know that much. Nobody ever coached me. It's my first ever Sager fight. Sager never uh, taught you how to fight. I had Billy Butts, who would have taught me to fight, but it wasn't part of the game. Uh, but, yeah, so my first fight, I go down to the Buck Bowl in Des Moines, I believe it was, or maybe it was the Cedar Rapids tournament, and my coach is just like, hey, there's a ton of college scouts here, and they love toughness and fighting. So it wouldn't be a good idea, or a bad idea if you if you get into a you know a little tussle to, to finish it off. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> First kid, first kid that says anything to me, I fight him. He just says hi, boom, done. Yeah, and I think he was the same. Neither one of us had any clue what we were doing. We both just grab on and just start punching, and we smoke each other. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I like I remember hitting his face like hard so many times, and I was like, 
like, am I hitting his shoulder pads or his face? Like, what is this feeling? And it was face. That's what I was like, I got to see. I have to see. So I look up and uh, terrible timing. Terrible. Right over my elbow comes a punch, too. I was like, oh, terrible idea. I right right the nose. Uh, fight ends. I go to the box, and that never happened before. Like, learning what the emotions and what the feelings are like. I look at my hand, and I'd, I'd split my finger oh. on my ring finger knuckle. I had knocked all his teeth out. And split my finger on it. So that's the scar. And, and cut the tendon of my right hand. Oh my ring gosh. Finger. So then I'm trying to move so my this finger. Is first fight finger? Ever. This is my first ever fight. <laughs> I'm trying to move my ring finger and it looks like a little, you know what a wax worm looks like? The yeah. Oh, ew. I'm trying to move it and it's like, it's like wiggling around <laughs> like a wax worm. So I was like, hey, guy, it's a guy in the box. Uh, what do you think about this? Hey, can you stitch me up right here? Yeah. What do you think? He's like, you're going to have to go see somebody. About that. So the poor penalty guy. No, but I get I get like yeah, go back. driven over to the hospital because apparently if you if you punch somebody in the mouth with a bare hand, you take your glove off. There's a lot of bacteria in Who there, thought? and then you have to go get it all cleaned out. Mm. Then I had surgery a couple of days later. That's junior hockey, though. I could continue on. That story goes on that's, for a while. Well, I mean, keep going. I, now I'm, uh, I'm in. The bus had to wait for me for a long time, so that sucked, too. I was like, all the attention was on me after I always that. forget about the buses at the, at the lower levels there where everything's yeah. a bus trip. Yeah. Okay, so if you have been a fan of any form of Minnesota hockey at all, you know of the Michelettis. You hear Pat Micheletti on KFAN all the time. Joe Micheletti's traveling across the country, calling games. And now you got a rising little Micheletti, Alex Micheletti, and we put him to the test. You know, I, we, I asked him, can you rank the Michelettis? Who you got? The king of Twitter. And you're probably thinking Micheletti, Micheletti, where do I know that name from? Pat Micheletti is his dad. Joe Micheletti is his uncle. And Alex, I got to ask you because when people ask me, how'd you get into hockey? I'm like, oh, I just like the sport. It's cool. I like watching it. You have a way better answer um, than I do. How did you get into loving hockey? You grew up around it, obviously. Tell our listeners um, how you got involved in this sport. Yeah, um, I, my dad and, and my uncle Joe, you know, both played hockey at a really high level and uh, have always been at, at the rink with my dad. And uh, I, oh, that's one of our favorite things to do is, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, when he's announcing to have me there and uh, when he's on the radio too uh, at Cape Ann, I always I always go in with him too. And so, yeah, I just, I, I love, love the sport, every, every level, uh, men's and women's. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Can well, you rank the Michelettis? Oh, I want to hear, yeah. What is your Micheletti <laughs> ranking? It's like when the Kardashians like, get asked like 18 to of them. <laughs> I want to know who is the best Micheletti all yeah. the way down. <laughs> yeah, you, you asked my, you asked my dad, uh, you know, we are, we're always, we always have the opposite takes. So like, I'll, I'll say my uncle Joe's number one, just, uh, just to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then my dad, number, num number two. See, if someone would have asked me that question, I would have put myself at the top of the list. That's how I know right. you're way more humble than like, me. Yeah. Alex. You're on the list, man. You should be <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Too. Okay. Yeah. I'm on the list too. I'll, 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 I'll put myself second in my dad could just, uh, make it even more spicy. That's fair. Um, you know, something we do have in common as far as the, the love of hockey is you and I both love watching the sport with our dads. I know you've posted before, yeah. you know, whether it's going to the games with him or sitting down and watching a playoff game. Um, that's something that even that I now that I don't live at home anymore, you can find me on most of my free nights watching hockey with my dad at my parents' house. Um, how cool is it? You know, I know how cool it is. I know you know how cool it is, but tell our listeners, you know, just being able to bond over a sport like that with your parent. Um, is, is a pretty cool feeling, isn't it? 
yeah, especially, you know, as you know, too, as we get older, too, and our parents get older, it's, uh, you know, I think it's really important to spend spend time with them. And so, yeah, to bond over uh, an amazing sport like hockey, there's nothing better. And, uh, you know, watching a game with him is is very entertaining, as, as you know. And so, yeah, I absolutely love it. Do you ever, like, just look at your dad and go, you know what, dad? Not tonight. <laughs> Not, I don't I, want to. I do that with tonight. my dad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's what te- uh, texting is for too, right? And so, or in, in phone calls and FaceTime. So yeah, it's uh, it, it nothing better though for sure. Just uh, you know, especially when you know something ha- funny happens during the game, it's it's always you know fun to discuss about too. Next clip I found really fun to listen to is Tyson Jost after he joined the Minnesota Wild. We had him on the pot talking about the trade from. I guess Minnesota Wild's biggest rival. Uh, we did have to ask him, do does Colorado feel the same? <laughs> or is it just us? Uh, and also big shout out to his mom that he makes sure to give all the credit in the world for his hockey success. How what was it like to be traded to arguably the Avs biggest rival right now? And you know, is that a different experience you think i mean you've never experienced anything else i suppose but i mean what did that feel like because you minnesota and colorado do go at each other quite a bit and they are considered probably pretty large rivals Does that make things a little weird at first yeah when i first heard i was kind of honestly like i i, I wasn't shocked but i was just kind of surprised when they said minnesota because i was like wow like i didn't think that those two teams would make a trade just with being in the same division and like you said they have that that history and um, like I remember games over these past five years where it's it's just been so intense. <laughs> I remember when like Dubnik was in in Ball Arena in Denver and uh, we we had some games where we kind of ran it up ran up the score a little bit and he's getting booed off and obviously Dubnik came to Colorado too so I knew, I knew him a little bit and he's a great guy and he was talking about that and yeah there's just a lot of, of feistiness between those two teams. When I heard I was kind of like oh wow really they they actually yeah. get together and stuff like that but. I was, I was really, really excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Colorado to come into town Sunday. Yeah. You know, last question on them, you know, Jake B wants to know on the other side of it, did Colorado view Minnesota as a huge rival? Like Minnesota, I think sees Colorado. That's the one team. I mean, did Colorado feel the same way or did they have other teams that were kind of a little bit, maybe more on their radar? No, I'd say, I'd say Mini was, was definitely one of the big teams for sure. Um, yeah. Definitely in like that top two or three for rivals, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess uh, like the central division is such a good division. So you, you have all those teams in there, like Nashville, and um, I'd say I'd say Nashville and Mini were probably in Colorado were our two two big rivals for sure. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just remember the the games that we were having against Minnesota. And I was coming into the obviously the XL uh, center too. It's you knew it was going to be a tough game, and uh, you're going to go to war. And, and the fans here are just amazing and incredible. So I'll tell you what, it's a lot nicer to be on this side of things. <laughs> fans here and. Um, yeah, just selling all this, this place, the energy in here, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to play in front of. So, um, it's a lot nicer when you're wearing the wild jersey, than the Avs jersey when you're playing here too. Yeah. Fans can attest to that as well. Um, you know, I want to go back a little bit to your life in general. I know your mom and your sister, you're incredibly close. Have they been out to Minnesota yet to see you play and tell me a little bit about your guys's relationship, how you've called them the rock in your life, uh, for, for your entire life, really? Yeah. My family's is- something that's very very important to me I guess I'll kind of touch on um just to kind of show how, how cool my mom is um I got traded when I was we were in and Colorado was in LA um all I had was one bag and one suit it was a quick little trip so I didn't pack much um and I got called and I got shipped out here to Minnesota so 
being in California, I had like shorts and sandals <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, the weather's not not quite there yet here. So mm-hmm. uh, I was I was struggling for about a week and a half on one outfit and one suit and a couple pair of underwear and stuff like that. And, um, my mom, the saint she is, she she went to Denver and, and packed up some of my stuff, packed, packed me a couple of bags and then we were here to Minnesota. So she actually got a chance to watch last night. And um, yeah, that just kind of shows just, just kind of who she is. She's like, I want to help you out here and, and make sure you're, you're feeling at home and whatnot and, and have everything that you need. But yeah, it was, it was, I guess, touching back to kind of why my family's so important stuff like that. Uh, my mom was a single mom, so she raised me and my sister, um, I mean, all by herself since we were five or six years old. And um, I remember her running, running around all the time, like me to hockey practice, my sister to dance and volleyball. And um, right after she's been working like a 12 hour shift and stuff like that. And I'm yapping at her to go to the outdoor rink after all that. And, I mean, anyone could have easily said like, no, let's stay inside Tice. Like I'm, I'm tired. I wanted to sit on the couch, but she was the first one to be like, all right, you were going to the outdoor rink. You want to go to the outdoor rink after a two hour practice? Sure. Let's go. So she just supported my sister's dreams and my dreams so much. And, um, just all the hard work and just all those, all those little things. I mean, she put her life on hold for us. And um, I mean, as you get older, you re- realize how much, that means and how much how much she's done you, you kind of I guess you don't really take it for granted as a kid but I guess you don't understand the sacrifice that she went through and um, all the things that she did, did to make my sister and, and myself so happy and I guess I can't forget my grandma and grandpa either I'm sure you guys have seen some videos of my grandpa of, of him crying <laughs> and stuff like that my first game and my first goal and um, <laughs> eating the popcorn and stuff but my grandma and grandpa were also a, a huge part of my life as well so when my mom would go to work they would be there and kind of taking uh, looking after us and stuff like that and my grandpa would take me to the to the rink too so um yeah it was it was, it was pretty cool I, I I really respect what my mom did and, and all the sacrifices she had in her, her life for, for me and my sister and it's something I'll, I'll forever be in debt for her I'll, I'll try to do my best to repay her but um mm-hmm. it's going to be impossible to do this what's the uh, uh what's the first gift with that NHL check that you had you'd gotten her it had to be something really cool right what was what the... um yeah I mean I I I haven't, I haven't spoiled it yet I'm, I'm I'm hoping to do something cool but yeah yeah I just uh just little things like like here and there and um, yeah just to try and give back and um yeah we've been talking a little bit about something that we may do down the road but uh she she always told me she's like no I don't want you to get me anything big or anything <laughs> Anything like that, like knowing her, she's she's pretty funny like that. But uh, yeah, down the road for sure, I'll hopefully one day I can get her a house or something like that and uh, yeah. her retire or whatever. So um, I know she'll probably hit me for saying this, but uh, yeah, that's that's something I want to do for sure. Mike Rupp of the NHL Network stopped by the pod right around Winter Classic time, but let's pretend we don't remember what the score of that game was. He made sure that he was going to sing the praises of Miko Koivu since he retired from the NHL and talk about what it was like to have him as captain in the locker room. You bring a great perspective as a former player to the NHL network. Was there anything that you experienced that was really hard to transition from being a player to being an analyst and broadcaster? Is it the um, cursing? You can say it's the cursing, which you can curse <laughs> on this true. podcast, by the way. If, you, if it's oh, okay. so, it's fine. <laughs> right, yeah, no, uh, that's, uh, it wasn't necessarily that, although I've had a couple um, close calls uh you know it's hard to go from a locker room to trying to speak like a normal human being in front of camera so uh but you know that's been that's been good but I think that one of the hardest one of the biggest struggles was like guys that I was really tight with 
and and still am to today. And I'll use this as an example, like like Miko Miko Koivu and I are, are are good buddies, and I consider him one of my favorite teammates I ever had. Now it was like Miko and I would, uh, you know, I was only there in Minnesota for two years, but we hit it off really well, and and so we had some some awesome conversations like about you know we rip on each other we get that camaraderie but we also like talk about things and uh then all of a sudden when i started getting to this side and we talk on the phone it was just a little more reserved and i'm like miko like you're talking to me man and he you know i just sense i'm like hey hold on a second let's get this out of the way right now and i've had to say this to a few former teammates it's like listen buddy anything you tell me i'm never gonna go and use it on tv when i want something i will say hey miko or you know player x uh, give me something that I can use on TV. What is your read on this? I want to use something for TV. I will be very transparent and clear that this mm -hmm. is for TV. So uh, it took a little bit, a little while where you'd ask, hey, how you doing? How the, how the wild doing? And oh, oh, he's ho-humming. I'm like, don't give me that ho-humming crap. <laughs> like, I'm not using this. I'm curious because I care about you guys. I have friends on the wild. I want to know how you guys are doing. So that was kind of the, the hard part is like, hey, guys, I think Trent, I'm not over on the dark side now. I'm still your boy. And, uh, you know, it took a little while to get over that kind of threshold. Wait, are we the dark side? I am the dark side? That you're the dark side, Jesse. Yeah, you're the dark side. You're the dark side. Damn it. I'm no, part it of it is, too now. Yeah, right? No, I, now I have to ask because I love Miko. And it's so funny because he's now around the team trying to feel things out with the Minnesota Wild organization, what he wants to do. So you have seen that wall that he used to have with us as media members drop yeah. ever so slightly little by little because andrew brunette bruno told us he's actually hilarious or he thinks he's yeah. actually really hilarious is he miko yeah, yeah. He's really really good dry <laughs> sense of humor he's very serious and i remember remember one of my first games there you know i won't say what i said in the locker room even though we can swear it probably wouldn't do me very good but uh <laughs> you know i'm coming to a team and i was brought in there to minnesota to just kind of be a locker room guy and to you know at that point in my career just kind of be a a physical presence I guess on the ice if need be and so you know when I got to the wild the team wasn't doing very well and the game before the game started my first game I was there Miko actually was the next stall stall made over to uh to my right and we're sitting there and it's just like it the locker room felt very felt like a morgue like it was dead there's no energy we're getting ready to go out there so I'm like you know what like I just started hooting and hollering and I started kind of calling Miko out in the process not calling him out but like like, what do you say, you big dumb, you big dumb fin? Like, let's go, like, or whatever. And and I didn't know that, like, Miko was like, he was like the almost like the father figure on the team. Oh, so yeah. everyone just kind of like looks at me like, whoa, what are you saying to Miko? And Miko just turns and looks at me with a straight face, kind of the scowl. And then you could just see him starting to smirk a little bit. Like he likes that, you know what I mean? So he would give it to me, I'd give it to him. He'd score a big goal and have a celebration. I'd mock his celebration and practice the next day. Then he'd make fun of me because, you know, big goofy me was tripping over my own feet in the game. And, and those were good things, man. Like it, they, I think that it was, uh, you know, Miko has a, a great sense of humor. But the, the one of the things I'll take from him as a teammate, there's, there's, there's a short, very short list of guys that this doesn't mean that there's not many. I've had so many great teammates, um, yeah. not really any bad ones, but there's a, there's a handful of guys where you're like, give me a game seven, give me that guy. Like, I know that guy will get the job done. It might not be, mm -hmm. ugly, or it might not be pretty. It may be ugly. He'll rip your face off to get what he wants. That's me though. I want that guy every day of the week in a game seven side by side with me. And that's, that's what I love. I appreciated his game that he played. And yeah, he's uh, he, you know, he's, he's funny. And we still kind of raz each other to this day. 
And last but not least, Nate Prosser. He was one of the nicest guys I ran into when I worked at the Minnesota Wild. He was always uh, going along for any time I asked him to record something or participate in some stupid idea we had. But on the ice, different story. He got under people's skin. I asked him about it. And we talk about chirping in regards to your retirement video, um, but you were very good at it when you were uh, in the NHL as well. This is actually a question courtesy of producer Fred. He wanted to know, is there any uh, chirp that you like to go to? Did you have like a go-to chirp or any moment that you can remember that really <laughs> pissed somebody off? And just for the record, you can swear on this podcast, yes. let it all loose. Uh, anything you want to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... Like in a lot of my, uh, you know, interviews and everything, I, I don't swear much, but on the, on the ice sets that changes. Like I, and that's what I tell people, you know, like, you know, I, I pride myself on my faith. And, um, so like once I'm off the ice, I, I flip the switch off and I, you know, turn into a dad and you know, try not to swear off the ice. Although sometimes the kids will, you know, do something dumb where you, know, you throw out something, but, um, no, on the ice, I, you know, my dad always taught me, you gotta be able to flip the switch and, uh, you know, turn into a mean SOB. And um, uh, it, it, it just helped me because for so many years, I was on the, thir- you know, third set when I got into games playing behind, you know, Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brody and Matt Dumba, like guys like that. So I knew I wasn't going to play a lot of minutes. Well, in order for me to stay engaged and uh, feel mentally and physically into a game, I needed to get into it with the opponent. I, I yeah. couldn't just like be, you know, play a vanilla game. I needed yeah. like, okay, let, I'm going to get in Jonathan Tay's ear hole and, you know, try to <laughs> pissing him off a little bit, you know, and, you know, I hope no one, no players took it personal. And I don't think many hockey players do. Um, yeah. Cause I would, I would shake their hand and give them a hug after the game. If I, you know, if I could, um, uh, you know, I tried never to cross the line either. You know, it was more, you know, uh, I don't know. The just, classic chirps, right? Like the classic yeah, poking cla- fun yeah, on something yeah, that yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> what, do you, yeah. what do you think and, about like the recent chirp from this week where Vinny Trocek called uh, Brad Marchand a rat <laughs> and he called him a, a Prius? I mean, is that, was that kind of like a, a chirp? Was that more your, uh, you know, yeah. you're not and cussing everybody out, but you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a lot cooler. Yeah. Than you. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more of that stuff. And, and, you know, calling someone, you know, soft or something yeah. or, you know, I tried getting after Dowdy a little bit whenever I played. Well, him. it's not that hard to do, right? He's it's easy yeah, skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always says he was like at this level. You know, I, you're down here. Yeah. You, you can't chirp me unless you get up to here. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, f you. Like I'm coming after you. So me and him always gotten in some chirping matches, and um, but that's all in fun. You know, yeah. like he even saw me like towards the end of my career in the hallway at the Staples Center um and he like you know gave me the biggest laugh and smile he's like <laughs> like what is wrong with you I'm like, I don't know it, it stays on the ice is what I say um so it, that was for the most part in good fun I mean obviously you know it, it like I said it got me more physically into it and it and it kept me into the game you know if I'm gonna play 12 minutes well I need to I need to you know find a way to not just stare off into the crowd and be an idiot like i needed to uh, <laughs> picking grass make, or whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah, the kids yeah exactly do. <laughs> exactly yeah uh did you know did you have a name for like a second persona because you are you're so dramatically different off of the ice right like if, know, if somebody meeting yeah. you now is like oh yeah nate prosser he's kind of a dick on the ice and it's like no he's I not know. he's the nicest guy but you are i mean was there a, yeah. did you villainize yourself like did you have a second personality that you had to tap into on the ice <laughs> Um, no, it's, I mean, it's funny, like how many people, like, 
when you're in hockey, like all your only friends are kind of in hockey, you get to know all the families and teammates, obviously. But now that I'm like out of it, I've gotten to know like neighbors and church people and normal um, people, school you mean? people, this, yeah, normal <laughs> people. And they're all like, like, I used to watch you and like, what was wrong with you on the ice? Like, you're like completely different. Like the, just the way you're talking now, I'm just like, uh, I don't, I know. So nobody like could, could, could grasp it, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of like my, that's just how my, I was raised. I grew up in Elk River. I was, you know, bring your lunch pail to work kind of guys and, you know, blue collar and, um, you know, playing for Tony Sarsland and, you know, it, it's chipped the puck off the glass and, you know, get your elbow up if a guy comes late at you and, you know, it's chirping, it's hooking, it's slashing, it, you know, it's kind of that older game. And, um, I, I, that that's that's the game that I love and um, that that's that's why I loved hockey so much was the competition of it and getting under players skin and um, getting under the opponent's skin and um, yeah that'll about do it for season three we got season four coming right around the corner in September Jesse's already working on the guest lineup we got a brand new host with Kirsten joining us it's going to be a ton of stuff that we're going to be doing around the metro area. Thanks to Grain Belt with some live shows. Uh, thanks to Talk North and everything they've been doing for us. You know, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Royal Credit Union, Grain Belt. Now they just jumped on Peak Vestibular Center and Soda Stick. Thanks to everybody who have been supporting us over season three, two and one. Thanks to all the guests we've had. Thanks to our hosts. Thanks to me, because I mean, come on, I put it together every single week. And that will about do it. Thanks, everybody. See you later.